Welcome to Fireside. First off, welcome to Fireside. We'll be talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than Fireflies. Stay tuned, mate, he's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we get choose. Even the superhero fight club, we usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my was power, earth two with features. Neither listen by weekly or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there Ninjas! So relax and lie back as we start another issue of Fireside Chats. Comment facts and wise cracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks. First, Masco. Hey, everybody. My ears are blown out. I can't hear anything now. And that's my uh, intro. My bad. My bad. And then there's Mauer. Owie. Peep you. Wow, why why is, is Minty hurting us? I'm not used to being like on like you're that super loud. you're super loud and it hurts. Which is pretty funny because my recording is really, really low. Uh <laughs> wait, can I say beep you again? Cause this is weird. You can try. Beep you. No, no, hold on. Oh, huh. Terrible. Give me again. Ready? You can you might want to take your headphones off, guys. Give me a lead in, Minty. And power. Beep you! There we uh, go. Yeah. It's, the, it's the fact that you don't draw it out anymore. It's just beep beep. It's just, it ends like so like a little a, bit. Like there was a gargle. There was a gargle <laughs> well, <in> there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and with us is one of the friends of Fireside, the fantabulous, the familiar, the Stanley created Garrett Gunn. Uh, beep you. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Popeye. That was, <laughs> that was pretty close. That was pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. How the hell you doing, buddy? I am doing great. I am so glad you did that intro because I remembered I'm not allowed to curse. Mm. <laughs> and I was not. I forgot about that. So <laughs> I was all, "Why is he saying BPU? I don't get it." And I was like, "Oh." Oh. Well, I know when you're on the show, one or two is going to get through. We get one without I'm having do to. My best. I've been pretty good lately. Been pretty good. Been pretty good. Pretty good. I'm pretty, pretty good. good. Well, well, just know this. If you do slip up, that just means Maurer has to edit more. So, you do know, I, go for if it. If I slip <laughs> up, do I have to go? No, no, you don't. I was. I thought you were getting hype when you did that. I oh, forgot that was for sync. I thought you were like, all right, man, to lead us in, he's all. <laughs> for, for anybody like, unaware, whoa! Be, because of COVID and needing to record in separate locations, <laughs> we clap before the show to sync up everything, just to which make sure we're all on the same thing, picture. Which is a common <laughs> thing, and like recordings and stuff. Like we do it for another show. I do. It's very easy. You can see it on the screen. You know the timing, everything. It just when you did it, I thought you were like being your own hype man. Let's, and we're like, let's go, let's go, <laughs> let's do this. You man, be you. Get man. gone. Come- Mentis his own flavor flave. Yes. Yes. Where's his clock? Break out the clock. Yes. All right. Well, for our listeners that haven't heard you before, um, you are the busiest man in the comic industry. I don't care who else thinks they work more. You work more than any other comic creator out there, I feel. Um It's funny, but- as, as as we were doing like the, the pre-show, Mauer's just going over some of the things that we might talk about. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting here going, you know, it's a half hour show, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it always is. And it never happens. (laughs) But there's, there's people out there that might've picked up a few of your books because you have a million of them. It might not realize, realize it's you. So how about you give for the first time listener, a quick breakdown of some of the stuff that you have done. Uh, Well, uh, I've done uh, some books called Go West. Uh, the Fear Diaries, Franklin and Ghost, Warcorns, Cold Dead Hands, uh, uh, Days to Come. Uh, I'm like trying to go into the catalog here and like go back. Box Masters uh, for Billy Bob Thornton and his Rockabilly Band. Um, so many things. I'm forgetting other things, I'm sure, because there's so many. <laughs> um, You've done a lot. I've done a couple things. Uh, I've done a number of anthology stories for Zombies Were Human 2 or uh, Charlie Foxtrot, which was a military anthology we did. Lots of stuff. I, I write stupid 
stuff. And you write if, fast. If you've read a book and you're like, this is dumb, that's probably me. <laughs> Actually, uh, right before this, I read a, a, a very interesting interview that you had where you talked about your report cards. Oh, and God. how you used to get, you used to have uh, <laughs> they would write like can't stay on track because in class all you would do is yeah. write ridiculous story arcs. <laughs> yeah, I not I was not a good kid. First of all, none of us I, were not couldn't stay couldn't stay on task, couldn't stop talking, couldn't focus or do or follow instructions, which is still true to this day. I still don't like the bosses at SourcePoint are like don't do this, and I'm like you got it, and then they're like I thought we said no time travel. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's what happened. That's what came out. No like, partying after the convention. Sure. Exactly. No, that's that's it. It's the other way. They're like, OK, we're going out after the convention. I'm like, I want to sleep. My feet hurt. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're going to the hotel lobby. And I'm like, please don't. Please let me sleep. Our first interview, he was like. Is, is this going to be like live filmed? Like, I don't want to be on camera. And we're like, are you in witness protection? And he's like, no, just no. They, they booked I, me on something. There was a couch and a camera and I backed out of it last minute and sent the other guy. They, you know, what's funny <laughs> is that probably hurt me so much. If I had done that, I did. It was at Baltimore Comic Con. It was like one of the first big shows I did. And Travis McIntyre was like, yo, you're going inter- to get interviewed by Previews World. And I was like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> they were like, you're going to like, they're just going to have a camera. You're going to sell this couch. You're going to talk about your books, like whatever. And I was all, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I know I'm not doing that. <laughs> it was, and I backed out and I, and someone else went and I was like, damn, I should have done that. Looking back now, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. I could have had like five more people read my books. Just, just walking around. Just, Hey. Hey, come here. You know, Baltimore, Baltimore, you would have gotten at least maybe 10 more people. That's true. With Baltimore not being what it was supposed to be, at least you eventually got your face out there and started doing interviews, right? I did. I did eventually get my face out there. Did uh, your Twitch channel of Pokemon cards help? It did, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's helped a lot, actually. I'm still like an affiliate on Twitch, and I'm like, I don't even do anything on it right now. <laughs> I remember giving you such a hard time because all of a sudden I turned on my feed and like there's Garrett, you know, being all do 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 on screen. And I'm like, he wouldn't let us do any kind of because I was talking about Pokemon. If you get me talking about Pokemon, uh, it's it opens everything up. Are you one of the flippers right now going to every McDonald's and buying out their stock? Uh, for those? I don't ha- I don't have to. So I was I was involved in that long before the these these little schmucks uh, <laughs> that that doing all that i uh deal in higher end stuff than 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 pokemon promo packs um but people do like uh people like oh my god freaking out about they can they can make ten dollars a card by flipping the stuff and i'm like yeah where were you like four months ago when logan paul like bought three million dollars worth of pokemon booster boxes and all of our collections like quadrupled (laughs) <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah growing up i was lucky enough that i played magic the gathering when it first started and was friends with one of the artists that did a majority of the cards Yikes. he's from the philadelphia area so all my cards were autographed and had like remarks on them and i had no idea how much they were worth and he played with i guarantee you <laughs> i only yeah. played magic for like six months and then got yeah. bored with it but i gave my cards to my friends and yeah, my uh, I had I had a very impressive. I was I was really big into Pokemon when it first came to the U.S. Uh, in '96, before even like the the real cards were coming out. Um, and I had like a first edition Shadowless Charizard. Uh, and my mom actually burnt all my Pokemon cards in a burn barrel to teach Ooh, me a oh, lesson when I was oh. like when I was like twelve. Uh, mm. And that card just sold at auction for like two and a half million dollars or something. Um, Oh, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure I, I had black hey. lotuses and yeah, it's rough. It's, pe- it's had, yeah. I'm sorry. Hold on. You had black lotuses. Like yeah, I'm pretty plural? sure. Mm-hmm. Like multiple. He probably mm-hmm. had power. The power nine too, right? Like wow, this I, uh, like we're a nerdy show. <laughs> this just yeah. took a whole different turn. <laughs> did you see? Did you did you see my signed Ash poster that I have on my? I did not. That's for yeah. anybody unaware. There is indeed behind his head a signed Ash poster. I'm, a, Some, I got, I'm taking a screenshot. And not Ash from Evil Dead, Ash from... No, the better Ash. Pocket um, Monsters. 
Yeah. Pocket monsters. <laughs> no, before we go back into comics, I remember the comic shop I went to didn't know if they were going to do magic cards. Yeah. So the owner was like, I'm going to buy a couple boxes and give them to you. Give some to your friends to start playing and bring nice. them into my shop. So nice. I had, now me being me, I had like five or six full cases of them, nice. but I started selling them to my friends because all my friends were already into them. Yeah. So I opened all of them, though, and made my decks and then was selling the individual cards to them I love and trading. Even, even at 12 years old, Mauer didn't villain. have friends. He had potential revenue streams. <laughs> I always had money in my pocket. <laughs> but so I had, I think it was like five to seven cases that I opened every pack for that I didn't pay a single dime for. So I had every card you can think of. Amazing. All right. Back into comics because <sighs> I guess whatever we need an update. Last okay. time we talked, you had just finished casting your first animated uh, show, and now yes. you have 12. Well, <laughs> sort of. give us an update yeah, I mean, on... I mean, yeah, like, everybody in comics is like, I have a show in development. Literally, a you sent an email to a producer, you could say it's in development. <laughs> yeah, but I've, like, seen, I've seen clips hey, of your show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We have animation. Um... So, uh, Franklin and Ghost uh, is the one that most people talk about, uh, and uh, it is going very well. Uh, it's currently uh, pending some approval from some higher people that make way more money than I do. Um, and uh, we've just finished the pilot. We, we, the pilot's been written and finished and finalized. Uh, we have a full animated trailer that's like three and a half minutes long. Uh, set to some music by a very famous UK-based rapper. Um, the Streets? Huh? No. The Streets? Uh, Shout-O. Uh, Shout-O is a, is a really prominent British uh, grime rapper, and uh, he did a custom theme song for us. Oh, no wow. shit. Uh, and so the fantastic. whole trailer is set to the theme song. Oh, um, awesome. It's super dope. Um and then while all of that's been going on, we've been working behind the scenes to get other things ready from that universe. So, um, you know, some people know that books like Warcorns and Cold Dead Hands and DFM3 and other things that I write are all tied into the Franklin and Ghost universe. So we've been casting those roles as they uh, will eventually show up in the Franklin and Ghost TV show. Um, Look at so you. We've just, been, we've just been building our universe, man backdoor pilots throughout this whole cartoon <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly building 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 out the absurdiverse that's the, <laughs> the absurdiverse. That's absurdiverse i love that, that is, name that is the official title of the garrett gun mcu you know that background character from the third episode there's 16 comics want based on him True. try them here big facts mm-hmm. it's the title yes <laughs> absolutely i find uh i find great pleasure in uh the the uh characters that aren't worthy of attention so making them worthy yeah yes making things worthy seems to be your niche because Warcorns is anybody that i've shown it to has freaked (laughs) the beep out over it and it's the most absurd pairing of things you would ever come across yes but it works so well give a quick breakdown and let us know what's going on with Warcorns uh warcorns is so great um uh, what's going on with it is uh we so we currently have a mini series uh that's uh available through diamond previews previews world from your local comic shop uh it's a four issue mini series what uh, is we, it for the people that are what being is like it? what the hell is warcorns okay so what is Warcorns? so warcorns uh is a story that follows uh warcorns division alpha team they are a team of uh, combat-tested unicorns, uh, battle-ready unicorns, uh, who sort of report to this larger equestrian uh, planet that has an entire uh, uh, military force of unicorns, uh, all with specialized tasks and, and uh, areas of expertise. Um, and These aren't My Little Pony unicorns. No, it's if Rob Liefeld drew My Little Pony. Um <laughs> 
So, uh, big chest yeah, at all. <laughs> war, yeah, war, war Corns follows these, these four soldiers, uh, Big Sarge, Floater, Arrow, and Gunny, who are sort of the embodiment of each of the actual military branches and represent real people that I served with in the military. Um, and uh, it just follows them on their stupid adventures that they go on. Uh, and there's lots of military jokes, lots of inside jokes and outside jokes, a lot of cliches and tropes and just making fun of everything that you both experience in the military and observing the military, whether it be through TV, film, real life, whatever. So are uh, you floater or gunny? I am neither. I'm Big Sarge. So Big Sarge is the is the army guy. <laughs> Uh, and is is loosely based on myself, at least for my personal life. Uh, he definitely does a lot cooler things than I ever did in the army. But uh, I, I like the yeah. last time we had you on, uh, you yeah. brought this up, and I didn't yeah. know what it was, and I thought it was a joke. So <laughs> yeah. I start laughing, and you immediately go, "What's so funny?" <laughs> and I yeah. was like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry." And then <laughs> I immediately <laughs> Google it once it's over. I was like, "Oh my god, this is legit!" Like yeah. when you when yeah. you say it's Rob Liefeld like yes. art wise is yeah. so spot on because yeah. immediately that picture of captain America with that giant yes. ass chest. Yeah. It's, it's all <laughs> it's about so- that. Se- that series is all about how far we can push the ridiculousness of like that. That whole book is about breaking like stereotypes of like masculinity and like everything. Like oh, I, I, I originally work started as a one shot and I was never going to do anything else with it. It was just a funny one off story. It was just going to be a way for me to make fun of my army friends. And that was it. And people were like, what bro, <laughs> we need more of this, like write more of this thing. But I had killed all the original characters in the first one shot. <laughs> like I thought it was so funny that we built up this massively just so masculine, dope, awesome war machine unicorns and they just get trampled by people that aren't even paying attention and so i was like okay well damn how do i do more of this so i was like all right well we're gonna we're gonna quentin tarantino this you've seen the end now let's let's go back and we're gonna start the very beginning and that's what this miniseries was. This four issue miniseries was them going to basic training, meeting each other, going on their first mission, everything together. Um, and it's amazing. I, I love it so much. It's by far the, the most fun I have on anything. And you it, plan on them being in the Franklin and Ghost cartoon? They are. Yeah, they're going to be in it. I, so in fact, I think they show up in the second episode. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and all of the cast for the Warcorns has been cast. So we have voice actors that are, you know, already cast as each char- each of these characters. Now, are you uh, still cast in Franklin and Ghost? Are you still doing what? a voice? Are you still doing one of the voices yes. in Franklin and Ghost? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you who it is, though. <laughs> I never, I will never play a main character. I, I, I there's no way. Like, as much as I want to be a voice actor and I'm already doing I mean, I'm in the Warcorns audio drama that you guys will hear when it comes out in a couple weeks. Um, I play Recruiter Dave, uh, who is just like every board government employee uh, who is just like processing these recruits to go <laughs> into Warcorns Division. Um, but I, I will be playing perhaps some um, some men of Southern origin uh, in in the first in the first episode. <laughs> it's yeah and so, it oops, is sorry it, is, is it the same audio for the audio drama is it the same voice actors in the cartoon yes. as in the audio that's awesome yes that's, that's yeah so our plan was going into it that we were sort of using the audio drama as a way to suss out who would be a good person for these characters and we were like you know hey there's a chance that you know if this goes well that like we would want you to come into the show and everybody did so well that we were like all of you guys are staying there's no way any of these people like i think i cried like four times during people's reads when we were recording it and all i was doing was just sit i was just supposed to be there just to listen and give feedback like give people insight into the characters and stuff and they're like reading the scenes and i'm like tearing up and i'm like what is happening? Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like why it's like, so it, it's crazy. So everybody involved in the project is insane. Um, you well, know, that's, it's gotta be surreal. Like I could, I could get why that would be emotional. 
I get that. Yeah, you're having like having a group of was people. So crazy. It was very different. Well, it was like the thing that was weird is that Warcrens is so ridiculous that sometimes I forget that I put like real moments in it, and a lot of a lot of like the relationship between like the main character Big Sarge and like his dad is very heavily based. Oh, I'm like I went all I went all fuzzy. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Get> closer. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of the, like, there's moments in there that are like based on like real moments I had with my own father who is a Vietnam veteran and like, and like we're so, and I forget sometimes some of the things that are in there, like there's some serious stuff in there. And then they get to that scene and they're like acting out. I'm like, oh my God, bro. Like, this is crazy. I don't know. Yeah. You did such a good oh, job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just, Everybody is phenomenal. Everybody involved in it, you know, from it just everybody. It's amazing. And all and this is off of a one shot and one issue because issue two still hasn't come out yet, right? Yeah. So, so what we did, so we, uh, a few months ago, we launched a Kickstarter campaign that was going to be like, okay, we need to be able to fund this whole miniseries to get made. Uh, and we, you know, we ran this Kickstarter that was for the whole story, that whole miniseries in one book. Um, and it funded, did very well, and uh, and now the single issues, people that don't want the trade, they want the single issues, those single issues are going coming out. But there is digital copies out in the world people can read of the full, the full miniseries. Um, and it's, yeah, issue two comes out next Wednesday, the 24th. Um, for all of the speculators in the world, uh, issue two is the probably the issue in the miniseries that everyone should buy. Uh, it introduces a new character called Staff Sergeant Kill, uh, who is basically their squad leader who takes them through much of many, many arcs to come. Um, and he is like the crustiest, just so he's been in he's been in Warcorn's division for like 24 years, and he's just like a career NCO and just like hates everybody. <laughs> and uh, much like every person that I was in the army with, and he just like despises these new recruits because they're just so green behind the ears and like just hates them. And he's like, You're gonna die, everyone else dies. It doesn't matter, like whatever, <laughs> let's go kill some people. And that's it. And they're like, this is insane. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Like floaters like I'm supposed to be in Pegasus core, bro. Like this is not for me. Um, that's how a lot of uh, our guest hosts feel when they work with Matt for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Still yes. feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do your army buddies feel? Have you had them read it? Yes. Like, they when it. they see themselves as they a giant it. unicorn. What's funny is you get the most... I, I, I promised myself that as much as I made fun of all these people, that I would... I would put some sort of heart behind all of these, like, you know, characters. And, like, you know, everybody loves basically the character that represents their branch. I have tons of Marine buddies who think Gunny is like the greatest thing that's ever existed because he's just this like hate filled rage monster that like eats crayons and like he just like embodies everything it means to be a Marine and like but they love him because he's the big lovable idiot and they're like oh it's us we're the lovable idiots <laughs> we, we relate to this and like you know I think the only people that don't really care for their character is the Air Force which is fine because we don't care about them anyway. Um, the, but, the sissy uh, branch, yeah, chair force. They, uh, you know, they, uh, yeah, they're the air force. So it's it's okay. With the they go they go. I always send it to my air force, but they go, hey, so what's what's up with this? I'm like, well, it's a joke because you're the chair force, and like when we first meet your character, he's literally in a chair like argument and like the tail jokes and he's all yeah i don't think that's very funny man why don't you make fun of the other people like this i was like we make fun of everyone in this whole book like what we make fun of every single thing like i put an inner tube on the navy guy like how how do you not get this and they're like i don't know man i don't know this seems kind of rude wow and i'm like i'm like that's fine it's so in character for you to think that <laughs> It's fine. So I true. I know the Air Force was the yes. sensitive force. <laughs> oh, they're yeah, yeah. But they but I made sure what's and what's funny is like their whole character. I made their whole character Maverick. That's their whole arrow's whole just thing. His whole thing is that he's literally Tom Cruise. 
Like, and he's just always like got the glasses on and he's back in the chair. He's like, no problem, Sergeant. Like, we'll take care of a fly fight win. Like, and, and they're like, this is, we do things, man. We do stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Relax. It's great though. For the, like 95% of them all think it's hilarious. Yeah. In fact, I went to our local military base and I was like, took copies with me and I just left them places. And like, I just like went to the PX and just like put stacks of them down. And I get people like I got people messaging me that like found me on Instagram, like through the thing in the back. Like I put I put my Instagram in the back and they're like, they're like, oh, my God, dude, what is this? This is so cool. Like, <laughs> this is so rad. Uh, it's awesome. I feel like if you walk past the table and you saw just decked out unicorns with guns yes. and you know that Rob yes. Liefeld chest you have to pick that yes. book up if it's just a and random thing I, you come across that's and that's I made my new con banner that's what it is it's all four of them they're just jacked and it's just rainbows and they're just like holding giant machine guns and I'm like they're like what is this book about of all it's unicorns with machine guns they're like oh dope <laughs> that's it and they like pick it up that's it it's the easiest book to sell at any show it's pour one get, out for the convention. All the people that are into the into, into unicorns, because they're like, oh my gosh, this is like a dope, awesome unicorn. And then all the military guys are like, oh, it's funny. It's it's like a met, it's you know, it's a joke. I'm like, yeah, except it's really you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they're like, oh, it's funny. And like they buy it and like leave anyway. Everybody, I I I think I had like two people ever that I've like pitched on Warcorns and they're like, eh, not for me. And that's it. Well, people love it it's with great. um with the the warcorns um the audio drama just going yes. back to that for a quick second just because with yeah. uh, audible having the sandman release and with marvel doing so well yeah. with the, the the podcast for wolverine i just see like there's this resurgence of audio drama and especially because of uh, you know podcasting becoming so big is that a world you want to stay in is that something you're going to continue to do with your books yeah, so I uh, I created this thing called the Mixperience, I call it, uh, which is uh, there will be a number of books coming out from me and SourcePoint Press and, and Last Wolf Legion and, and our companies uh, in the next couple of years that will have this sort of logo in it. It's got a it's a it's like a wolf, half wolf head, half SourcePoint logo with headphones on. And when you open those books up, there's a QR code inside. Mm-hmm. And when you scan it, it takes you to the SoundCloud file for listening to the book oh that's so awesome. you could pick up a copy scan and you get to instantly be immersed in this mixed experience right you get to like experience that book not only through visuals but hearing Wait, things so you're telling me a mixed experience with comic books is something that people are interested in if yes. only if only two major comic providers you know wouldn't have shot that down years ago yeah people are dumb I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's what my comic shop that I used to go to is like, I don't want anything. It's either they buy the comic or they, they don't come to the shop. Like you're adding something really cool to your comic yeah. with that QR code. It's only yeah. going to make me want to buy that comic more. Absolutely. Yeah. And pe- people don't like, pe- I don't know. I don't get it. Some people, and some people don't get it. Some people are like, all right, that's cool, I guess. But 90% of the time when I, when I show somebody the book and I say, now listen to this while you look at that. They love it. They're like fully in it. Oh, and they've got and yeah, interesting. So it's is so it's more of a companion piece. Yes, oh, I love that even more. That's like uh, we yeah. did that. Lock and Key did that with Audible. Yeah, and we've got like cues in the book, like like in the drama. You know, you'll hear like a cue that's like, oh, this is when the page turns, and this is where this turns, and this is where this turns, and like it like keeps you on task. It takes you through the panels and stuff. It's very guided, uh, but you can also listen to it on its own. Yeah, I mean, I I. I've shown I've sent people the file like the rough cut for Warcorns and been like, hey, I know you don't have the book. Just like listen to this. Tell me what you think. And they're like, oh, my God, when's the second one out? This is so great. And it's like 10 minutes long, which basically is how long it takes most people to read a floppy. And so it's like the perfect it's the perfect amount of added like elements without like bogging it down and being too over the top. Well, you said you know, like uh, you said you, you shed a couple tears during the, the reading. Right during the people yes. auditioning. So when the actual yeah. recording happened, what were the waterworks yeah. like then? Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> it was, yeah, a, it was lot. a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. Yeah. It's yes. <laughs> I think you'll see when you like after after we have this show, I will send you guys the rough cut mm. and you can oh, ex- listen to it and look at the book. 
And and uh, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a very nice, it's a nice, very nice moment at the end of the first book where Big Sarge is like going home to see his parents, and like before he goes off to report to Equestrian Command, like Warcorn's division and stuff. And uh, and you know he sort of like has this moment with his dad, who's a very like you know reserved person, much like my own father. Would never talked about it. My dad never told me anything about the military until I had gone to war and come back and then it was like oh now we have this bonding moment now we have this thing between us we can like talk about and so like there's this moment where big Sarge and his dad are sitting there and he's like kind of showing him he's he, you know the kid's looking over this memorabilia these awards and stuff and he's like choking up trying to tell him like how he feels about things and it's it's a lot that's awesome that's awesome yeah, yeah i can dumb. only imagine listening to this for people that haven't gone through an experience of Listening to something that guides you through a book. Uh, back in the 90s, there was a few comics that went out. I know The Crow did it. That used to release soundtracks. Do you guys remember that? Do I remember comic? Power Records with a 45. So you would read like the 70s. Yeah, the Power Records you, with a 45 on it. Yeah, Captain America comes in and saves the day. Um, like, as, you're like, as you're like doing it, you're reading the book. And it was like yeah. them acting it out. But So it's a great experience. So just for that go buy his comics and well okay i, yes. I have to ask just because basically i'm just going off that interview again where you were talking about the ideas yes. of something like franklin and ghost how there was it's just something yeah. that kind of just popped in there but something like yeah. Warcorns, and even with franklin and ghost they're just such a, a a bizarre out there concept does it just pop into your head or is it like an eastman kind of scrubbing on a napkin they gave her the first ninja turtle like how does that how does that idea come to fruition like how, how where does Warcorns come from Basically, he's asking, how much whiskey did you drink? <laughs> you know, what's what's funny is like I it comes from nothing. It comes from just like I, you know, I, I'll think of something, you know, for me, I mean, everything I make comes from something that inspired me as a kid, usually because I have so much childhood trauma to dig through. But like Warcorns for me is like the street sharks, mm. the the, you know, the metal slug, like like all of the things I loved where it was like all of these, all these like just ridiculously toxic, like masculine, like dope ass teams of like cool stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, how can I make this like more fun and less serious and like more like, you know, more crazy and ridiculous. And it's almost like a challenge to myself. I'm like, how, what's the dumbest thing that I can make this that people will like, like to me, like, like cold dead hands is a perfect example. Cold dead hands sparked because of a joke that David Hayes used to tell me a writer, another writer for source boy, David Hayes used to tell me when we'd go to a show, he'd be like, here go cold dead hands. And I was like, that's funny. Cold dead hands. Wouldn't that be funny if like your hands were dead and you had to like live with zombie hands like that would, fu- that would suck. <laughs> I caught myself on that effort. You see yeah. that? I was like, well, that was like, yeah. uh, but I, I was like, oh, that'd be so ridiculous. I started thinking of like, how terrible would it be to constantly try to go through like all the things you have to do? I would like, I would, I would go about my day and I'd be like, how many times in my day can I count how terrible it would be to have dead hands right now? And I'm like doing laundry and I'm like, skin's peeling off. I'm like, ah, it's wet. Like, to, like, or you're trying to eat and you're like smelling it and like everything ridiculous. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to make this guy who wants to be a, a mercenary, but he's got dead hands. His hands are dead. What was, with, like he's just, there's zombie hands. With concepts as out there as that, is it hard to develop that arc? Like, is it no. hard to develop the character and the arc around that? <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. When you don't care, it's so easy. And, like, I mean, like, that sounds bad, but I, I truly mean, like, I honestly don't care if people like my books or not. Mm. I don't care. And so when you take away the hindrance of, like, these, like the restriction of, oh, my God, I have to sell 10,000 copies or whatever. I don't I, I will I will empty my savings tomorrow to make a book that I think is funny and gives me a chuckle like I don't care and I've been lucky enough that the dumb stuff I make people are like this is pretty funny I'll buy this and it makes enough money to keep doing more dumb things that's interesting but because I feel as every though- that's and I tell people this all the time every interview I do and people are like what's your advice to new comic creators and all stop giving a sh- you know what well, I want to ask that question. Now. Like, like, stop caring, like, stop caring, because everybody's so concerned with being the next Robert Kirkman and making the next Walking Dead. Who cares, man? 
someone's got to make the bone and someone's got to make like the, you know, what is it? Mr. Gru and like, like weird stuff, man. Like someone's got to make that stuff. Although to be fair, Someone, Garrett, you do have in your story, based on this interview that I read, you do have a, not only do you have a Stan Lee moment, but in the beginning of this interview, you gave me a Kirkman moment with you, with you essentially fibbing to get a book done <laughs> yes so i gave you the walking dead pitch you That's did it. you absolutely yeah. did yeah. And, yes. and the the whole the it's an endearing story of your wife saying write the book you want which yeah. is absolutely so you my friend that's are it. an amalgamation of two of the greatest comic <laughs> creators <laughs> well that's what's like that's what it's that's very nice of you to say i this camera hates me <laughs> Look at I gotta get real close. It wants me to just be like up in your guys' stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna take um, do that again. I'm taking a screenshot. <laughs> there we go. Um I that's that's very nice of you to say. I I just I just wanna like have fun. That's all it is. Well then that's all it is. I, and and I look at you know, people I do interviews like I did an interview with Frank Gogol, like where we were both on the show together and we were talking about the difference in our approach of like, you know, how meticulous people like Frank and stuff are when they approach things. And I'm like, I don't I would never get anything done. I would never there there is for, the first Franklin and Ghost book was written in two hours, uh at like two in the morning, because I just got an idea. And like the first Warcorns book was born out of a joke that I wanted to pull on my friends. The, the Colded Hands was born out of a joke that was being played on me by other Sourcepoint people. Like, I've never made, I don't think I've ever made anything. Oh, God, what? Well, no, uh, your being a bad kid and your inability to stay focused on one thing, yeah. does the working on 75 projects that you don't care about lend to your creativity? <laughs> like, you're always writing so and if. I feel I, like I you can so. just jump to another book and yeah. go there. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's, uh, it's, it's also why I think a lot of the, the things I write are kind of all over the place through genres and stuff, because I, you know, a lot of times I write most of these things at the same time because I'll get bored and I'm like, I don't feel like writing more sci-fi right now. Like, let me, Oh, I'm going to go make a Western. That's this. Like, I want to go do something totally different. Like, and not only just in content, but in format, like, you know, we talked about the thing that you read of mine. That's, that's, you know, we're going to get to that next coming out, <laughs> but like, I'm constantly looking for like something different to try part, part of, part of the issue with my mental illness and my mental disabilities that I've gotten from the military and, and other things is that I have a very hard time sitting still. And so when I start to get that, th you know, people that read my scripts, my comic scripts are looking at, look at them and go, oh my God, this looks nothing. I like nothing I write looks like a, I don't write page one, panel one. Enter, you know, interior, interior kitchen, blah, blah, blah. I don't do any of that. I write a page. I say, here's what's happening on the page is the dialogue. I gave it to an artist. I go, draw what you want. Draw whatever you think this page looks like. Unless there's like specific things that are important to the story. Like I'll be like, draw whatever you want, but in the kitchen on the second shelf up, this thing has to be there. Because that plays in later. But like every time I start to like do something and I just lose interest or I get bored, I'm like, let's go the complete opposite direction. Let's find something new to do. Let's find a new character, a new genre, a new format, a new whatever. And let's just make something different. That, that, that brings up an, an interesting question, because especially if you're getting into the realm of audio dramas, uh, yeah. the way you write has to adjust to that as well, because you now have to write a little bit more prose than you normally yeah. would than just dialogue, yes. scene, description, that kind of stuff. So yeah. do you find yourself now because you're trying to jump into different mediums or you, do you find that adjusting in your writing style as well? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think an important thing as a, as a creative person is to understand when you have the skills you need and when you don't. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you're not qualified to do something. Uh, and so when I want to do something and it's, and I can't do it or I, or I don't know how to do it, I will find somebody who does and make them help me. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, when I, you know, as, as we had cast Franklin and ghost and, you know, like Sean Schemmel, the voice of Goku was cast as Franklin and, and we became friends through that. I started to express an interest to him of like, you know, Hey, like since I was eight years old, I wanted to be a voice actor and I wanted to tell stories through voices and stuff. And I, I'd just pick at him. I would just pick at him until 
until uh, until he would give me the things I need, like until he would teach me the things I need to know. And he'd be like, do, do this, man. I don't know. Like, do these things. <laughs> I'm like, got it. And I'll go sit and I'll just obsess and do that. And then I'll go to the next thing. <laughs> so to your new project that hasn't been named yet. Yes. This, in my opinion, is the furthest point from anything I've ever read of yours. <laughs> yes. Um, as far as writing style, uh, subject matter, just yeah. writing in general it almost feels like a different Garrett showed up. Yeah. Um, tell us about as much as you can about the project and kind of how you got to where you're at. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a bunch about it. Um, I mean, it's not going to come out till probably after the first of the, after the first of next year. But, um, so I am, uh, writing, <laughs> we get, we get into like doing weird stuff, right? Like I, I was like, I'm going to write, you know, one of the one of the things that Travis McIntyre, the owner of SourcePoint, told me that was very smart is he's like, look, we can't put books out fast enough as you can write them. So what you should do is you should start writing a book, you write a book because it'll take up a lot more of your energy and you'll allow to do that. <laughs> but being the kid that doesn't follow directions, I was like, OK, that's cool, cool, cool. Books are dope. But also, how can I change it? <laughs> and so I was like, how can I make a hybrid like graphic novel novelette? Like, how can I how can I make a novelette, but has pictures like an illustrated like, novel, an illustrated novel. Right. And like my kids love like the like my wife is a huge Harry Potter nerd growing up and stuff. And she wants to like share Harry Potter with them, uh, even though the creators of a piece of crap. But um, good catch. But like, but <laughs> I, I did. I caught good it catch. I, I, good catch. so much. I just. Yeah. So one of the greatest things ever was when they came out with the illustrated editions. Right. Like, because now you allow kids to absorb the content because there's also other factors there's also you know beautiful art and stuff that's that's drawing them into the words and so i i when i was going to do a book i was like oh i'm going to do this book but i'm going to hire an artist to come in and do like illustrations spot illustrations that are like whole page illustration like a cover every page has like a cover of art so for every page you read, <clears throat> the opposite side is a illustration as the artist has interpreted that page of text. Oh, interesting. So it's a picture book for adults. Interesting. <laughs> that's, that's it. And, you know, we, we've sort of edited it down to not be so mature and we're, we're going to sort of adapt it more into an, a young adult's like style. So it's a little, you know, wider market. Um, but the book that, you know, Maurer is, is, is talking about is a book I'm writing called Blade of the Butchered King. Um, Love the name. And uh, uh, yes. And also, side note, every single book I've ever made has always started with a title. I've never written a book that didn't have a title first. Hmm. Every it, single Haven't you had titles from other people, too? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Like someone will like tell me something and I'll go, oh, I like that name. Like, what is that? Like my and it spawns from the weirdest stuff. Like my wife will just be talking to me about something that has nothing to do with comics, nothing to do with anything. She'll just be like, she'll be like, wouldn't it be crazy if this happened? And I'm like, <laughs> book, let's go. Um, so back to Butchered King. So uh, Blade of the Butchered King is a hundred ish page uh, novelette that uh, each page is accompanied by a giant illustration, essentially a comic cover of art um, that says what's happening on each page. Um, it follows this kid, uh, uh, Noah Griffin, who basically comes from this town that there's like nothing to do except get into trouble. Uh, the town sucks. It's very much like the town I grew up in, Redding, California. It's just like a crap hole. Um, it's just like not if you're not like breaking something or doing meth, like there's nothing to do. Wow. Um, yeah, it's the it was the meth capital of the United States for many years until we were ousted of our of our you know prideful <laughs> prideful uh, title. Um, I hear good things about 2021 for you though. You'll get yeah. that title back. <laughs> I that I don't doubt that whatsoever. Um, so it, it follows this kid, Noah Griffin, who's just from this town. There's nothing to do except stir up trouble with your friends. Um, 
you know, the law sort of catches up with him and he gets arrested uh, for uh, the destruction of government property, breaking and entering, and a slew of other terrible things. Um, he's sentenced to house arrest uh, and community service because his uh, former girlfriend kind of goes to bat for him with the judge and she is from a family that matters. Um, and so he gets sentenced to work in the public library in their town. And he hates the library. Can't stand it. Much like myself. My wife loves the library. I can't stand it. It's where happiness goes to die. Um, but and she, she will tell me she'll be like. Hashtag truth. The funny thing is that and, yeah, one day this book will be she's a like, library. She's like, she's like, you know what? As a writer, I can't believe you would say such a thing. And I'm like, yeah, I love to write things. I also love books. I hate libraries. I can't stand it. Like they all just smell of despair and like mildewy paper. Like when I read your description of the library, I'm like, oh my god, it's every library I've right? ever been in. <laughs> right. And so he goes to work in this library. He he reports to this guy who's like the records custodian of the library, and basically this custodian is basically like holding a secret to uh, the whereabouts of basically the the most powerful cosmic being that nobody's ever heard of. Um. It's weird. It's it's very different from anything I I've done, uh, but it is so much fun. To give you guys uh, a hint, the first twenty pages, thirty pages, yeah, you know, he gave me. I read them in like twenty five minutes. I was like, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. what's next? Like, yeah, I just wanted to get to the next page. That's how good the story was. Well, uh, and at one point, I was like. Did somebody else write this? Because this doesn't sound like work. Um, <laughs> ah, yes. I can every once in a while put forth a good word. Well, Not often. Well, but. the story is grandiose as that, especially we're talking like the most powerful cosmic being that no one's ever seen before. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Obviously, the story goes to some pretty intense places. With It does. With that being yeah. said, how much how much time do you put into like world building or do you just start writing and see where it takes you? I just do it. Really? Yeah, I so uh, so what's funny, I have the reason the other reason I turn my desk is my room is is covered in whiteboards. Um, what I do is I just make something and then I and then I go, oh, that's an important person. <laughs> like I go write the name up and then I'm like, OK, hold there. <laughs> and then I will go and keep going. And then when I reach a point that like has to do that character and I go, oh, OK, so this person is named this. They're. From here, they do this. I just I, do it. And then afterwards, I take all the pieces and line them up and go, hmm, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> this, this, this negates this. I got to change this. I have to move this here. This can't happen yet until here because then that doesn't make sense. And I just do it. I just it's just v verbal diarrhea. It's that's just it's just gets out there on the page. It, and, and, and then I just make sense of it later well that's why that's that explains why you're writing faster than your publisher can work like it's yes. it's it's like the marvel method you know what i mean it's it's yes. an easy way to crank well not an easy way but a, a way to crank yeah. out stories yeah you know what i mean yeah. so, and it's an unorthodox and, way but it's an interesting ring I, yeah. I love and, that. Well, and people i love when people people will come up to me and like people who are like fans of franklin and ghost or whatever they'll go they'll go hey what's what why is this like this and i'm like you just have to wait and see because I don't know yet. <laughs> I never know. I never know. What's I'm funny just is excited. Like, I've, I've created characters to fill like a perfect example. This is this is the best example that's ever happened to me in comics is when we made the, the third Franklin and Ghost book, we introduced uh, uh, basically this this character, Tyrion, who's this junker. He's friends with Delilah, the main you know female character, and they have this long history together or whatever. When I was writing that, I I wrote in there something about like the, the line is like um, uh, Tyrion says to Ghost, like, why is what's wrong with him? And Ghost says, oh, he's never seen somebody like you before. And he goes, human? Like question mark? And What's funny is I never told Nick Turris that he was human. I just put that in there and Nick drew him like purple and blue and like crazy stuff. And nobody caught it. Nobody in the whole process caught this error until it was on the convention floor and someone bought it, went and read it, 
came back the next day at the convention, they were like, yo, I got a question. Like, it says he's human, but he, he's purple and blue. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> and in the moment, I was all, well, so his mom was human, and his dad sort of, like, has this, you know, his dad was in trouble. Like, this is now canon in the story. His dad was in, like, human trafficking and had, like, held his mom and then, like, had this whole Stockholm thing of, like, he fell in love with her and they didn't want to, like, let go of her. And then they had this kid and, like, the kid constantly reminded him of her. And, like, it was this whole thing. But he hates his father. So he always relates to himself as, like, he refers to himself as being human because he only wants to be the half that's his mom. And in the moment, I told this person that, and then I was like, oh my God, get me a notepad. I gotta write this down. <laughs> I wrote this whole thing down, and it's since gone into the book, and it was all on the spot because I just made a mistake, and I was like, this will wash out sooner or later. Like, that's fine. We'll figure it out. I don't know who this um, person is, but I really, really, really hope they reach out. Whoever that it person was, was. I, I, I will never see that person again. They they altered the course of Franklin and Ghost history. You don't get any creator credit. Um, <laughs> you're, you're entitled to no compensation. Well, they wouldn't because they didn't come up with the idea. They just that's asked. True. That's true. But they sparked it. They were the catalyst. Uh, exactly. But um, yeah, that's it. That's that's Garrett gone as a writer in a nutshell. Faking it till you make it. That's all Listen, it is. That's it. That. That is why we love you. <laughs> because oh, you never know else. where anything is going to go, yeah. but you know it's going it's to be awesome at the end. Um, speaking of the end... I know. We took up like all the Definitely time. wasn't a half hour show. <laughs> we got through two topics out of never the 17 is. we needed to talk about. Yes. So that just means we're going to have to have you on again. That's true. Do you want me to like spout all my like... Yeah, so before we be do the thing, pretty funny. if you could tell us everything you have coming out in the yes. next year. Oh my god, I'm going to try. And where to look for them. Go. Oh my god. Quick, go, go, okay, go, go. So uh, <laughs> currently right now in Previous World, you can order Warcorns number four, the finale to the four issue uh, miniseries of Warcorns. Uh, you can then go and next week pick up issue two of Warcorns at your local comic shop. You can also pre-order starting today uh, the collected edition of Cold Dead Hands, which is the whole series in a nice trade paperback uh, through Previews World or through Oxi Media slash SourcePoint Press. Uh, you can pick up the rest of the Warcorn series as it comes out. You can, in May, go to your local comic shop and pre-order the brand new Warcorns one-shot coming out called Warcorns Birthday Bash. Uh, which follows the Warcorns as they uh, investigate the most terrifying things on Earth, princesses at a birthday party. Um, <laughs> then, uh, in June, there will be something coming up that you won't get to know about, but if you follow me and follow some writer guy on all social networks, you'll find out what that thing is. It may or may not have to do with reverse John Wick uh, and and a story I'm making uh, called Good Boy. Um, oh, I love it already. And then, and then in August, you can get ready for the sequel arc to Cold Dead Hands called Grave Danger. That'll be, be available through Diamond Previews, uh, which uh, is 007 meets Van Helsing. Um, it's it's going to be ridiculous. And then you'll get Blade of the Butchered King whenever it comes out. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. That was impressive. Yeah. Minty, uh -huh. do that thing. Perfect. If you find the show, welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's welcome to Fireside, your social media choice. And this is Twitter, which is Fireside Crew. Once again, we appreciate all the support, the love, and it's all wonderful things. Once again, I'm Minty. Mauer, Notch goes here too. Check us out on the Howard Radio. It's wonderful. Deuces. <laughs> it's so funny.